Miley. We need some intro music. Ooh. <laughs> I like it, I like it, I like it. Women, get it. Okay, let's go down that road. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> There's a surprise at every turn. Woman, get it. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Woman Get In Podcast. I'm Miley. And I'm Mandy. And we are super excited that you're back with us. Super excited. I love super I, uber. Sometimes I get in a in a rut of saying the word super with everything. Do you ever do that? I'll no, just no, no. I'll just say things like it was super good. Oh my gosh, it was so super awesome. Or oh it was so super 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 super. Oh. <laughs> Like everything ends up being super sometimes and I have to catch myself because I'll be texting it constantly and uh, super. I get stuck in super. I don't know if I do. I'll start paying attention. I love it though. I'm not mad at it. It's better than me going like, 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 like. Oh my God. Good point. Very <laughs> good point. Mandy, how are you and what is good and new with you? I'm very good. I thought uh, you were going to say I'm very super. <laughs> I almost said super good. <laughs> uh, I'm good. Yeah. I came back from Flagstaff today. Yes. Like literally an hour and a half ago. Yeah. Barely landed in town, inhaled some food, and then drove here. I, uh, and you drove, you, you drove here with the cat. Yes. I drove from Flagstaff to Phoenix, South Phoenix, like South, South Phoenix, the south side of South Mountain, the foothills, with the cat and the dog today. The cat I had it's so funny. I put his carrier up on the table. He hops right up. Hop, I open the top of it. He hops right into it. And I'm like, oh, wow. shit, that was easy. So I just start zipping it shut real quick and kind of oh. holding him still. <laughs> and he was like, what just happened? Oh, he got tricked. <laughs> nice. It was so funny. He just literally walked up and jumped right into nice. it. Nice. Um, not for nothing, but there's some gentleman in the, I don't know, you, what do you call this atrium type of area in between our office Office, these offices and he just like walked up and totally adjusted himself oh <laughs> that's right in my eyeline <laughs> super hey when you gotta adjust yourself you gotta adjust yourself i mean Dude. as females sometimes i have to adjust my you know my bra or like yeah i'll adjust the girls but it's never as is obtuse the right word like it's Maybe. never as assaulting or uh, it's never <laughs> such an it's never such an obvious thing i just walk yeah, around maybe. in public like fixing my boobs or yeah <laughs> usually we do it very uh uh what is the word discreet we, yeah discreetly like we'll go to the restroom or find a private place yeah. where no one's staring at you yeah i mean and and he's I, like he just did it wide open like there's so many open offices right now <laughs> like office windows people sitting around just chilling working and looking out their window and there he is there's an imaging center nearby with a waiting room and a bunch of dental and other offices nearby <laughs> he just walks up and like totally adjust men what what is with that why confidence get better underwear? not caring about what people think i don't know you just need better underwear to keep your shit together or in the place you want it i don't know i don't know either i mean i'm glad all of my organs aren't just dangling outside of me like that because geez I, i'm, I'm mm. so glad i'm a woman every day Ever. Even though we face a ton of challenges, I would much rather be a woman. We are the stronger and better sex, period. <laughs> and someday this country and planet will come to recognize that <laughs> widely with um, our salaries and power positions that we hold. Uh, yeah, that's where all in that. Anyways, I'm great. <laughs> Super great. <laughs> Super great. Just got back from Flagstaff. Yes, I am back in the heat after chilling in a hot tub every morning. And Yeah, I saw it. I loved it. Yeah, it was nice. I, I, so I was jealous, I was envious, but I was happy for you. Thank you. A few people said back to me, sent me messages about it, because I posted it on my Instagram a few days in the morning. Like, yeah. Back in the hot tub, 9 a.m. Love it. <laughs> like, Good it for was, you. It was my wake up most mornings. I just sat in there for about 15 minutes every day and sweat out whatever was in me from the nighttime and... Uh, yeah, it was a good start to most days. Then jump in the shower and hang out and relax and, I don't know, maybe hit the town, do some shopping. Mr. Boyfriend came up for a couple days. He did? Oh, yeah. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, he came up and we hit a couple local breweries and checked out some restaurants and he got to enjoy the cool weather up there with me and the hot tub a whole bunch. Mm. 
It was nice having company in the hot tub. Because, you know, when it's just me, I don't even take the whole big cover right. off because oh. it's kind of a production. So I'm like, oh. I just open it halfway and then I'm in it enjoying it. Mm-hmm. But like with him there, it was nice. Like we opened it up all the way and enjoyed a nighttime hot tub. And I was like, cool, I haven't turned on the lights yet. So Ooh, how pretty. <laughs> yeah, turned on the lights and hung out in the hot tub a bit. And yeah, it was just fun. I'm I'm so happy for you. I wish it. You. I almost wish it was a little cooler because there was a fireplace. Oh yeah, but I was, love fire pits and fire. Yeah, know, like bonfires and stuff. Yeah, it would have been pretty to turn on, but it was still. I mean, it was hitting eighty during the day. Oh yeah, so not really cool enough to warrant the fireplace in the evening. Oh, I'm still glad that you had a great time. Thank you. What did you do with yourself all week, ma'am? Uh, I worked and then I sang. The anthem at the Diamondbacks game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, you know, I'm always striving to improve and make it better. And, and the last couple times I've sang the anthem, I actually invested in a pitch pipe. Mm. I think the pitch pipe has really helped me do a better job each is, time I sing the anthem. Is that the little thing? Like, I only know this from the movie Pitch Perfect. It's this little it's a tool. circular yeah. instrument that you can blow into to kind of give you your starting pitch for any song that you sing a cappella. Okay. And just explain to me a pitch pipe. Do you, are they all set at a certain pitch and you just buy the one you want or do they, they all? Come in a, they come in a, it's like a wheel. So oh. you can select the pitch that you want to start at. So you can oh. change it. I actually have it in the car. I should bring it in <laughs> and play some pitches for people. I love it. But uh, it really has been helping. You know, for the longest time, I've always just had a digital keyboard on my phone and I would just give myself, I would play myself and give myself the starting note for any song I'm singing. For some reason, I have no idea how it came about, but a month ago, I was thinking to myself, how come I don't have a pitch pipe? Like, I remember using pitch pipes all through choir and musical theater and all this stuff, like, but it was always, it, it always belonged to my instructors. Yeah. And then I was like, how come I don't have one for myself? So I, I got one. And it's incredible how much I think personally how much uh, more improvement I have when it comes to singing a cappella. Like consistency yes. from where you start out. Mm-hmm. You don't need to necessarily find your place yeah. so much. You're just there. Yeah, it's just incredible. So I feel like this last performance I did with the Diamondbacks has probably been one of my better ones to date because I feel like I didn't rush through things. I spent my time. I I wasn't scared to hold certain notes out because I knew what I was very confident and I knew my notes. So when you say invest in our pitch pipes pricey? No, I always thought they were. Okay. <laughs> the one that I got was like 10 bucks. <laughs> but I always thought okay. they were super expensive. And for some reason, I have no idea why it never occurred to me to buy one or invest one. And I say invest because it really like, uh, I, I it's important. Yeah, it's a tool. Yeah. So I say investment because it is something that is important and I should have done it a long time ago. Like I was thinking, gosh, what does this little thing yeah, cost? Because no. it doesn't, <laughs> it looks like a little round harmonica it type is. of yeah, situation. Yeah, 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 it is. So I'm it like, is. what could this possibly yeah, cost? Yeah, no, it's not. Yes. Well, I mean, there's fancy ones, of course, but sure. I bought like a $10 one and it's good enough for me. But that's why, like I say, like invest as in like I should have like put like importance to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I So now knowing this, I am also shocked that you didn't have one before. I know. I'm super <laughs> shocked. That's why I'm like, what was I thinking? Because you of- have all these little apps, uh, yeah. a metronome, and like right. you said, the little keyboard. And, and I think that's what it is. I, I rely so much on my phone, and you can you can download almost anything virtually or digitally. Mm-hmm. So I thought that as long as I had the keyboard on my phone, I would be just fine. I never really needed. Mm. But then... But then somehow, I don't know, I was like, why don't I try getting a pitch pipe? And it, it has made a huge difference. That's awesome. Because I didn't see all of this performance. I caught a clip of it on your Instagram, and it was great. And yeah. But the one before, I saw all of, and that one was fantastic. That was okay. Really? That one was uh, was shaky for me. Like, for me, uh, but the one on Friday, I haven't posted the video, but I feel... A lot better about this one. I feel good about this one. I mean, even the Suns one where you race oh, through. Goodness, let's not talk about the Suns one. The Phoenix Suns clip was such a rush. <laughs> Fastest anthem in history, That's I'm sure. So funny. I mean, but you sang it wonderfully. Thank you. Except for racing through that one line. <laughs> or wait, was that the one where you raced through a line or was that the spring training game? No, the spring training one is the one where I raced through a line because I started on the wrong not the wrong note per se, but I didn't slide and they didn't do a, a like a, I didn't sing it the way I usually do. So gotcha. then it threw me off. And so I just sped through it. 
But the one at the Phoenix Suns, I was afraid that I would forget the oh, third yeah. line. <laughs> you because during the sound, whole yeah, thing. <laughs> during the sound check, I, I forgot the third line. And so oh. I was like, oh, my God, I can't do this in real, like, in the, at the real games. So I rushed through the lyrics just to make sure I wouldn't forget the lyrics. That's right. You raced through the whole song. Yes. Yes. Okay, now I remember. Yeah, the spring training one was where I, read, I, I made it through half the song, and then for some reason I didn't sing one particular note, and it completely threw me off. So I just kept singing <laughs> until I got back on. I remember hearing it and looking at Mr. Boyfriend and going, well, that was different. <laughs> Yeah. So I don't know. Like I, I feel really good about the the performance on Friday so much that I actually want to send it in to see if like the Cardinals would, you know, that's how good I yes. feel about it. So, uh, and I mean, there's still some areas of the song I could improve on, but the I Cardinals really is, is like, is the, what's, what's it called when you haven't the, the one last thing, the, yeah. the one you haven't attained, it's the damn, I'm going to know. I know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I'm at a loss of words today. Me too. I can't think of the but, one yeah. weird little, I don't I can't even think of the grammar, the term yeah. for the word, okay. for the phrase I'm trying to think of. So anyways, whatever. The Cardinals, we will yeah, get there. I hope so. So yeah. And then after that, I rushed to the airport to catch a 10 p.m. flight to go to San Diego for a day to spend with my niece and nephew. I took them kayaking, my eight-year-old and my 10-year-old niece and nephew, and I took them kayaking in La Jolla Shores. Ooh. And they are some strong kids like they were able to kayak for 90 minutes straight they're awesome the way is no joke no there was like a lot of choppy waves mm -hmm. they were not scared at all holy moly is where my kayaking incident oh, took place tell me more oh you don't know about the kayaking no i do not where my kayak was I taking on water not like a water you don't get on the water like you sit by water fuck the water yeah <laughs> that's what i'm saying like i didn't i i just assumed that mm -hmm. you that this might be why you don't go in water and you just sit near water it definitely reaffirmed <laughs> <laughs> some things i believe about open ocean water <laughs> activities oh my goodness uh, I swear I told that story on here about... An, Tell it again because I have a bad memory. An old, a former boyfriend and okay. a big group of us were in San Diego and we decided, somebody was like, let's go kayaking out to the caves because there's like yeah. caves out in yeah. La Jolla. We went that. into the cave. Yes. Yeah. So there's a whole tour you just yeah. buy. Great. Yeah. There's uh, at least a dozen of us. Yep. Yeah. We went out in groups of 10. Yeah. So it, maybe that was our group. I mean, I can literally 10 think or 12. Of, I mean, every, every company is different. I'm sure. Yeah. I can think of eight or so, at least eight or so friends that were, that actually went on this and there was more of us in town, but about eight or so of us actually went out and did this event. Uh, and I not like, you know, you have to walk your kayak out yeah, past like it's the really choppy water. So yeah. you flip over. Did you and, flip over? Um, well there, not at that part. Like I thought I, I thought I was going to flip over at that part. Right when you were like. Right when I was trying. Because, yeah, I was trying to get out there and I and I, and I almost, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to get your. Because the nose of the kayak swings up. Yes. Because of the wave. It hits the wave and it swings up. And then I'm like, yeah. holy shiznick. It's I'm not gonna... like a surfboard that you just no. push through the wave. Mm -hmm. And we were in two-person kayaks. So we were all paired yeah. up. And we got out over the breakers and we're sitting there waiting for the whole group to get together and the guides to meet up with us so that we can all start rowing out to this thing. And I'm sitting there going, why is this kayak feel as if you're shaking? Are you dancing in the back? Cause you know, they always put the bigger person in the back. Yeah. And I'm turned to the guy and I'm all, are, are you dancing back there? <laughs> like what's going on? Are you uncomfortable? Are you trying to get situated? Is something happening? Cause yeah. I can't see. He's like, I'm not doing anything. I'm like, well, it doesn't feel that way up here. It feels uh -huh. very in motion and unstable. So we start paddling and we get maybe three to four minutes into paddling and we flip. Just and like out of out of nowhere. nowhere. <laughs> out of like, nowhere. There's no <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing happening. We're just rowing along. And I'm like, this feels so odd. And all of a sudden, boom, we're just in the water. And I'm like, what the <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh. Um, and I happen to be the only one out of our whole group who rented a wetsuit this day because it was one of those really cool overcast days in San Diego and I was in a bikini and everybody else kind of had more sporty suits on and I'm like this isn't very sporty I mean it was you know a Hurley swimsuit or something but I'm like still this is pretty tiny and it's not very warm out there I'm gonna rent one of those shorts uh, uh, wetsuits Thank God I did, because I spent more time in the ocean, I swear to you, than I did in the kayak. We got back in the boat. I'm like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, what happened? No idea. I'm like, what the fuck was that? He was like, I don't know. Oh, he goes, really? I didn't do it. And I'm like, that's weird, because I'm just fucking sitting here. Just 
Like it was what causing. What are you doing back there? That's what I was wondering. We get back in the boat. We start rowing again. The guide's like, you guys good? I'm like, we're good. You good? You good? You good? I'm good. You good? Okay. So we start <laughs> rowing. I swear to you, it was five minutes maybe. And we were back in the water. Just like that. Like. And I'm starting to notice that I'm having a harder time being able to reach the water. And I know the guy probably had 80 pounds on me. So like, I mean, he's a bigger guy, you know, than me. Like at the time I was a rail. So I'm sure he had pushing like 70 to 80 pounds on me in weight probably, right? And I'm like, I'm having a harder time. Like the front end of the kayak is like, feels like it's coming out of the water. I'm like, I'm barely touching the water. What's happening here? We're back in the ocean. I'm like, God damn it. We get back in the boat. We row some more. I'm back in the ocean again. A third what time, the? the guy the guy comes over and I'm like, I am not getting back in that boat. I'm just treading water in the ocean. I'm oh like, oh my goodness, probably tiger sharks everywhere, but they they don't really have teeth, teeth, so I'm not too worried about it. I'm just like, I'm not getting back in that boat. <laughs> like, what? The? I'm done. I'm out. Like, I don't care what you do with me from this point. I'm not getting in that kayak again. And he gets in it. He goes, okay, I'll get in your boat and figure out with you and and we'll put him in my boat and I'm like okay so guide gets in our boat he goes oh my god this thing is wildly unstable oh it must be taking on water I don't know how many gallons of water we picked up my gosh in the 20 minutes we'd been trying to row out to these caves but he goes I can't even put you in this boat with me he goes I'm gonna row this back to shore by myself I can get it there but you too do you think you can both fit in my single person kayak oh my gosh that is how we went back to shore (laughs) I want to see a picture did anybody take a picture I wish I mean this would have been 10 years ago oh my gosh this is hilarious oh my god I was the most pissed off (laughs) drown rat looking person at brunch that day because I spent most of the tour in the ocean and I was like when we get back to the shore I'm getting a refund a full ass (laughs) refund like both our tours money back wow I'm not paying for any of this this sucked No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, you have not told the story on air. Holy, <laughs> I would totally remember yeah. the story. I, so that's my kayaking story. And like, wow. if I go kayaking again, I will thoroughly inspect said kayak. <laughs> um, I will. I don't even mind being out in the ocean in a kayak. They're just not supposed to flip. Like, no, you're just supposed, not supposed to, to. It's supposed to be a very calm and relaxing experience. And it was the exact <laughs> opposite. And I was like, this oh, is why I hate water so sports. <laughs> so. was yours better than mine so my kayaking story in san diego this past weekend was great like my my i rode with my my niece and she is such a good like she is so amazing like she's so fearless she's like auntie miley we got this we're fearless women or no she goes fearless female oh god she's like we're fearless and then she goes left right left right go right auntie go right and she was telling me what to do she's like your rowing captain yeah she was adorable i loved it did you just yell that castro sergeant (laughs) (laughs) uh but i do have a a a funny kayak well not really funny but when i was in when i was in fiji i decided this one morning that i would be brave and go kayaking by myself and i wanted to go to this one place that i had gone with a group yeah uh, like just down the island uh, where there was these really great coral that you could like blue and pink and yellow purple oh, yeah. coral that you could snorkel. And so I did exactly what I had done with the group the, the morning before. I was yes. like, hey, I did it with the group. I'm sure I can do it all by myself today. You know, I like to do things by myself apparently. And, and the resort is like, yeah, go off by yourself yeah, in the do. open just, ocean. Like, just go. So I was like, okay, I'll go. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm, I'm kayaking and I get back to the place where we were the day before. I pull my kayak up onto the shore and I make sure I pull it enough like where we had pulled it up oh, the day before and I'm like you know I pull it up to where I think it's okay I put everything in the kayak and my paddle and everything and then I'm like okay put on my mask and snorkel and fins and I start like swimming out to where the corals are and I'm I'm just having a grand old time looking at fish blue coral yellow coral every time I look up I'm checking for my kayak and about the third time I'm looking for my kayak and I'm like I don't remember it being right there and I'm like, oh, it's fine. It's still on the shore, right? So then I continue swimming. <laughs> and then again, I check for the kayak again. And it's floating in the ocean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit. So then I'm like, oh, my God, I got to chase after the kayak. So I'm like swimming <laughs> hardcore after my kayak. And I get there. And I'm like, and just like you, I mean, like you had 
flipped into the ocean. Getting it's really into hard. It from the yeah. open ocean is a different it's thing really than, hard. than when the water is yeah. like waist or chest. Totally. Out. So hard. So like I finally get in, but then I'm like, where's my freaking paddle? Oh God. <laughs> So I look around and I like the paddle is like 50 yards away from me. But floating. Floating, yes. So then I was like, shit, I got to get out of my kayak, swim to the paddle, get the paddle run, and then swim back to my kayak. How far offshore was your boat? I was, it, it probably, it, it was about 50, 50 yards. And then, yeah, it was just 50 yards more. The paddle had made it further <laughs> along. It was, and then Shit. in the process of everything, boy, by the time I got back on the kayak with my paddle and made sure I had everything with me that I had left the resort with, I realized that half the world is blurry. So oh I God. had lost a contact <laughs> in the middle of all of that chaos. So I'm rowing with one eye closed <laughs> back to the resort. I, I kept <laughs> <laughs> I'm never doing anything by myself again. Oh, I don't need to feel independent. No, he's like, note to self, I need a guide. I need a local. <laughs> like, oh, my, oh my goodness. I mean, having a person with you may not have necessarily helped if you weren't aware of the tide. Exactly. I was not because so. apparently I thought I pulled my kayak far enough up the shore, but the water reached it and pulled it back into the water. Yeah, and times of day matter. You yeah. might have done it at a different time of day with your group. I probably, like, you know, it was like morning-ish, so mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if we went out at six and then I went out at nine or vice mm-hmm. versa, you know, so it's just, yeah. <laughs> the ocean is a fickle little beast. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. that's funny, though. <laughs> I think you had mentioned something about a kayak incident, but I don't think we got to hear the full story, no. so that was great. <laughs> we both have kayak stories. Yeah. Yours was just... Swimming half of a football field yeah, out to it in the I'm ocean. Like, oh. And swimming with snorkel gear on, like, that's meant oh, for, like, leisurely floating. It is, but actually, no, it actually made swimming more efficient. Did I swim it? faster with my snorkel gear. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because so of the fins. Thank goodness I had it. Yeah, the fins really help. And then that's with nice. having the snorkel and the mask, I don't have to keep putting my head up to breathe. You could just keep because breathing. Because I can just keep breathing and swim straight. Um, wow, all those scuba lessons with the gear and everything really paid off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Imagine mm-hmm. if you hadn't had all that training. No, I would not have probably. I would. I would. I would have gone back to the resort kayakless. <laughs> she <laughs> swims back to the resort. She walks like Did three I leave miles. With a kayak? I don't remember leaving it with a kayak. I didn't. I didn't take a kayak. <laughs> no, it wasn't me. All Asians don't look the same. God, <laughs> we are different people. It could um, have been Megan, the other Asian girl here. <laughs> Oh, no? Okay. Hmm. Um, wait, so okay, your niece, Fearless oh, yeah. Females. Yeah. And you guys, where where did your nephew, who did he row out Oh, with? he rowed with his mother, my cousin. Oh, yeah. okay. So there was yeah. a few of you out there. Yeah. And my cousin is the one that's fearful. So oh. I think that's why my little girl, my little girl, my little niece is so fearless. And she was like, I'm going with you. She, yeah. She, she hears about her mom being fearful of so many things. She's like, no, we got this. We got this. We can conquer. And I'm I like, love yes, that. Yes, my little one. That's yes, such an interesting one. experiment in nature versus nurture mm-hmm. because obviously genetically she comes from her, your cousin, yeah. but, and then even being in an environment where she, her mother's probably always telling her to be careful, yeah. watch out, be careful, don't do that, be careful, don't fall, da, da, da. she's probably that type of thing. Um, she just rebels against it and she's like, no, we got this, let's do it. It's very similar, like in my upbringing, my mom was so- yeah fearful of so many things and my parents instilled in me so much fear that now I'm like I want to be fearless yeah. you know and, and I think the same thing goes like when you, you are fairly fearless when it comes to like certain things I think I try to but it's only been recent you know and so well maybe it's only been recent that you allowed yourself yeah. to be fearless yeah that might be it too I imagine the itch was always sort of there that you wanted to be out there a little bit more yeah that's that that sounds accurate. Yeah. Yeah. But I think uh yeah, so but I think a, a lot of things in life when you're maybe like if your parents are a certain way, you tend to be the opposite. Like if your parents are very uh they spend a lot of money, you tend to save a lot more money. Mm-hmm. If they're savers, you might end up sit, like spending more because you see that your parents were so, you know, saved so much then limited themselves. So yeah. I wonder if it might kind of be a similar thing across a lot of different things. Yeah. The nature versus nurture thing always mm-hmm. gets me. It's like twins, you know, yeah. identical twins, separated at birth, raised by two different families and how different or similarly do they turn out? Yeah. And like, where does the hardwiring in your brain and the environment you came up in, like, 
where does it cause differences? So fascinating. It is. I mean, my sister and I, you brother and you, you know, siblings raised in the same household, mm-hmm. born of the same genetic material. Yeah. Completely different people. For sure. My sister couldn't be happier just to hang out in Michigan like forever. She's like, that's fine. I don't need to travel yeah. the world. I don't yeah. need to go anywhere. She ain't interested. <laughs> She's like, I'll hit a couple states, like some water parks, take the kid out for vacation and we'll do some small stuff. But uh, going big places, doing big things, like me. Hot or cup of tea. Yeah. I'm like, don't you want to like see everything yeah. and see the whole world? She's yeah. like, no. <laughs> and I don't, it's so funny because she's probably like, why do you want to go see the whole world? Yeah. She's like, why? <laughs> why would you do that? And I just, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. So I think it's really fascinating. I'm a curious person by nature. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that life is meant to be lived outside of our bubbles. For sure. I think that's why sometimes that, you know, if we want to kind of jump into our episode, yes. uh, I sometimes struggle with whether or not I am busy or productive because mm. there's so many things in life that I want to experience that yeah. I, people look at my schedule and they think I'm busy, but I think I just fill my time with all of these things that make me curious, that make me excited. And I question myself, am I filling it because I want to stay busy or because I really genuinely just want to do so many things and I want to see the world and I want to experience life. Yeah. And I think that's a good distinction with with the episode coming up, yeah. like busy versus productive. A lot of times that's in a very professional context. It's yeah. like, are you staying really, really busy with work because that's a good point. you're focused on the wrong things or are you actually being productive? And I think with personal goals, it can you can also stay I guess be like addicted to the busy in, in that cycle. But, yeah, that's true. Um, but sometimes that whole curiosity thing, and, and I think your distinction of, is this on track for me? Like, is this something I really want to do? Am I passionate about it? That's a really good um, question to just yeah. toss at yourself when you're deciding whether or not you want to put things on your calendar. Yeah. So we'll toss that same question to our listeners as they listen to our episode. We hope you enjoy the episode. Enjoy. you uh I'm glad you kind of said the whole oftentimes we think about being busy uh-huh. and productive in terms of professional yeah because I ask myself that a lot too yeah am I too busy but I think I was in tunnel vision and I kind of lumped my personal and my professional stuff all in one mm. and I started feeling bad about myself mm. so I was like maybe I am busy but I think I'm but I I think I I have to kind of distinguish the two and think of it as like at work am I busy versus productive and then in my personal life am I busy versus productive because I wasn't thinking like that before Mm -hmm. I was thinking of it all in one and it was very overwhelming yeah thinking of it all together is really overwhelming for me too even doing you know doing the cake business and then doing this side project and then the last few weeks also pet sitting I was like where does all my time go in the day what am I doing yeah, because I was thinking, I feel like my days are filled with a lot of things. Uh-huh. To me, they're all great. But yeah. then when we were thinking about this episode, I was thinking, are all of these just keeping me busy? Or are all of these things keeping me productive? Or you know, do I care about these things? Or do I not care about, like, what? what you know, like, mm-hmm. are they important? Or are they not important? And and so, but then I started feeling bad. <laughs> and But then I realized, actually, if I compare myself. Yeah to who I was maybe five years ago or eight years ago, I definitely was very busy at work. It was all work. Yeah, it was all work and it was all busy work. Yeah. Now, I feel like I have a much better balance between personal and professional. Uh, but within those categories, I can still do better. Mm-hmm. But I, but when I think about it like that, I don't feel as, as like guilty or, you know, bad and... That, that I've done some, pro- I've made some progress in the last five, six years. That's fair. How, okay, so busy versus productive. How do you differentiate the two? So for me, I think that if I'm doing tasks that are meeting a an end goal, mm-hmm. like goals that we have as a team, goals that, are helping me build my reputation or build my career, that's being productive. But if I'm doing little tasks that aren't really contributing to a greater goal in the end, I'm probably doing a lot of busy work. 
Yeah, or if you feel swamped by the details. Yes. Yeah, I've been there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, why am I doing this? There has to be somebody. And usually I'll get to the point where I'm just frustrated and super annoyed. I'm like, wait, why am I doing this? Someone else needs to do this because I'm done with it. Like, there's better things to spend my time on. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest things that I'm... I've been learning and I'm currently still learning is to identify what are those tasks that someone else can do so that I'm focusing on the tasks that only I can do. Exactly. That's a really good uh, differentiator in am I, am, am I doing the tasks that I right. should be doing? Like all these things need to be done, but do I need to be the exactly. one doing them? Is there someone who can do them so that I can get to the important stuff? Like, correct. you know, you can't, or other people can't do the crowns. Right. But other people can make the follow-up phone calls. Right. So. And, and I think that goes hand in hand with learning how to delegate and trust that people will get things done. Yeah. Someone else can proofread your presentations. Exactly. And, and also the other thing is that you have to make sure you select the right people, that they are capable and trained to do the tasks that you're delegating to them. Yes, it's important to surround yourself and build a team that you trust and surround yourself with people who you know will get the job done. People who are of your integrity level that are, you know, it's hard when you're at the top of something, like say a small business, it's hard to find people that are, or I should say you're almost never going to find people that are as committed to the business as you are as the owner. I mean, that just makes sense. And I think most small business owners and maybe big business owners fail to understand that their employees are coming there to do a job. They want to be paid fairly for the job they're doing. And they're never going to be as committed to it as yeah. you are as an owner. So if there's some way you can make them feel a little bit of ownership in the project or the company, you get a better result. But making sure you find people that are aligned with your integrity and values yeah. in the business and goals and are excited for it is key. It's it's so important because that's that's the difference between people that are going to be able to help you take the vision and make it come true or work close, you know, to get closer and closer to the vision and the dream and the the, the goals that you have. Yes. Now, when I think about busy versus productive, I also consider sometimes in the workplace, some jobs are hourly. Yeah. And so people feel the need to look busy <laughs> because they're being paid hourly. So sometimes they might... Uh, dilly-dally. Is that the right word? Dilly-dally? And they kind of like do things slowly instead of efficiently. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas a lot of people who are on salary might tend to feel a little bit overwhelmed because they have a lot more stuff on their plate, but they don't necessarily have to fit it into an eight to five. And, And so I feel sometimes the nature of the job can also either, you know, like make you feel like you have to be busier as opposed to being productive. And so you get into this mindset that, okay, if I'm here eight to five and I finish what I, you know, quote, I'm assigned to do, I don't want to look like I'm not doing a a good job. So I'll either work slower and, or I'll find just random stuff to do. So I look busy until it's five o'clock. Yeah. uh, I find that though. Yeah. Hourly people tip, if you get done with your assigned work at a normal pace, like I'm not saying you have to race through it every day, do it at a pace that you can do it well yes. and if you get done and you don't have anything else specifically to do the best thing you can do is go ask your supervisor is there anything else I can yes. do today what else can I do to help you I mean that's the only way you're going to move ahead is by making yourself stand out a little bit and saying hey I finished this what else can I do for you today is there something else I can help with organize da, 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 da. I think that's a sign of somebody who thinks about productive Activity versus busyness because they're always looking at the bigger picture. Right. So I also think people who are productive, they are constantly going back to this concept of whatever I'm doing is it contributing to the bigger picture and Mm -hmm. keeping the bigger picture in mind. And so as soon as they're done with something, they're always considering what else can I do to make this be more efficient so I can be more productive and work towards this bigger thing. So looking for ways to keep the, 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 the dream going. Yeah. And yeah. this is so I wrote a little subcategory about like being stuck in a busy cycle. And if you start to resent a lot of what you do daily, that's a good indicator that you're stuck in a busy cycle. And I think about these hourly people you're describing that are just finding busy work and they probably go home bored out of their minds. They can't. They're like, 
I didn't contribute to anything good today or like anything big today. I just did busy work. I found shit to keep myself busy so I didn't get yelled at. Like you can't leave work feeling great. You can't leave your job feeling great about your day if you just kind of found things to look busy so you didn't get in trouble or something else. It's like you will feel better about your day if you go to your supervisor or boss and say, hey, is there anything else I can do today? I'm got this done or could I get a little more training on X, Y, and Z? I mean, your day will be so not only more fulfilling, but your time will go by faster and you will just feel more accomplished in your day. Your time will feel more meaningful. Yes. You know, if you're, and, and part of it is reinvesting in yourself, especially the part about asking your supervisor on ways to either contribute to the team or specifically how you can build your skills. Mm hmm maximize or take advantage of every opportunity you have at work because I'm pretty sure there are a lot of opportunities to expand your skills, expand your growth. And not only will it make you feel better and it'll contribute to your skill set, but it actually also in the long run helps you, like you had previously said, Mm -hmm. makes you look better to your team and your supervisor if the opportunity ever comes in the future to take on a different role, a higher role, a higher position role, um, Even if it's a lateral move, something yeah. you might find something more exciting yeah. just by accident. And that's the thing. Yeah, exactly what you were saying. Like, you never know what you might be interested in if you're not trying new things or doing new things or different things. Yeah, just don't accept what is just handed to you as, like, this is all that's ever being, like, this is what's asked of you. But this is the bare minimum most of yeah. the time with most job descriptions. It's like, I'm doing everything on my job description. But, like, I don't know. Feel more fulfilled in your day. Don't feel like you're just doing busy work all day and you kind of hate what you do at the end of the day. You're bored with it and done and you don't really care about it and you don't wake up wanting to go to work that way so I would say try to if you're starting to resent what you do most of the day you you might be stuck in a busy cycle or busy work and you might just not really you, you need to refocus I like that I like I like this quote that says busy people work hard and productive people work hard and smart I like that that's actually pretty uh pretty insightful yeah. because when you're busy, I think you're just working too hard yeah. for something. But and with no real purpose yeah. or goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I think with production or when you're being productive, you're always trying to figure out ways to work better, mm-hmm. get things done in a, in a at a higher quality. Right. And staying focused on the task, focused on the goal. Again, not doing all of the tasks by yourself, reassigning things to people who can help you. Be careful of people pleasing. I thought that was a really interesting something that I was, when I was researching this topic, like saying yes to everything will keep you way too busy at work. And it's like, I can think of, I mean, every day somebody came to me and asked me to do something and I would say, that's not my, in my role, but that's in so-and-so's role and they can definitely take care of that for you. <laughs> it reminds me of, I mean, I've shared it on this podcast before, but my brother has the, the three, the three step way to say no to someone when they oh, ask, yeah. you know, which is first, you know, you say no, you, you know, unfortunately you can't do it. And then you thank them for thinking of you and then you pivot to someone else who's <laughs> yeah. more appropriate to do it. Yeah. And so, uh, and so I, I, exactly what you just said, you're like, you know, it's not within your job. Sorry. So no. Yeah. And then, and then you pivot to whoever is the better person to take on. Like, that. yes, I can do that, but I'm not going to exactly. because I have other things to yeah. do. And this person that's actually in their job to do that. Mm-hmm. And years ago, when I first started at the university, I would do things that anybody asked. I would just do the things that the faculty in our department would ask me to do. And I'd be like, sure, I can totally set up a meeting. And I would just do things. And then the person who is actually in charge of setting up those meetings would reach out and be like, hey, so you set up this meeting. I normally do that. And I'm like, oh, thank you so much for letting me know. I will be happy to pivot to you in the future. Yeah. And sometimes (laughs) it's like you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So uh, but it's it's identifying it's developed that skill. And I hope they weren't offended that I was like, oh, I just did it because somebody asked me to do it and I didn't know to direct it to you. Thank you for letting me know. I'm yeah. happy to let you take care of that in the future because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, but that's part of it too, right? Yeah. Like uh, knowing who you can pivot to, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And so once you know, it's it's about developing a skill set to identify like, is this a task that is appropriate for me or yeah. is it appropriate for someone else? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I, and I like how you said the whole part of... Um, being careful about saying yes to everything. Mm-hmm. Another mantra or like filter system that my brother uses is like, um, you can't say no until you said yes, which means mm-hmm. like if you said yes to something else, use that as a way to be able to say no to something else. Well, if sure. I've done, if I'm over here doing this, it means I cannot do this. Even if, uh, even if it's within your job description, 
sometimes, you know, my direct supervisor, she says, like, when the dean asks her to do something, she's like, well, of the, if you need me to take on this task, of the other 10 things on my plate, which one would you like me not to do if you're going to add this other one onto my plate? <laughs> so limiting it to, you know, whatever will fill your plate and don't overfill your plate. Absolutely. And that was part of that not saying yes. It's having boundaries within your, whether it's busy personal time or busy uh, professional time, having boundaries and expressing them to the people that are asking you to do things that would be over committing or stretching you too thin, setting that boundary is a really good example for the person asking you. It's a good example to them that, oh, I, you know, this person has good boundaries around X, Y, Z. That's really great. And they will applaud you and respect you and appreciate you for that in the end, even though they might be sort of feeling slighted in the moment, like, oh, you didn't want to do my thing or, oh, you can't, or you don't want to, or whatever. In the end, it's, it's a good thing. And you will walk away feeling great knowing that you set boundaries around something. And maybe later down the road, you're like, you know what? I think I can actually help you out with that. You can always come back and help out. Yeah, yeah. You can always change your mind. Absolutely. And so, you know, when I think about being more efficient and, and placing boundaries, I remember that a few years ago when I decided to accept a volunteer leadership position, it required that I would mentor and help uh, 10 different volunteer, like a team of like 10 other volunteer volunteers. Wow. And it meant that I had to mentor them and meet with them on a monthly basis. Mentoring 10 people? Yeah. Anyways, it, it made me think, <laughs> so let's, let's, oh, let's bypass that part because like, I just want to focus on how I was able to be efficient with my time. I was like, mentor. holy crap, yeah. 10 people. So mentoring them. So what I, I started off thinking like, okay, well, what if I just like meet with one person a night? because it might just be a little bit easier for me. Mm -hmm. But over time, I realized that I was more efficient with my time if I crammed three of them back to back on the same night. And it meant that I really only had three nights a month where I was mentoring as Mm. opposed to 10 different nights a month when I was mentoring for an hour each night. And Mm -hmm. so I, I only say that because for me, just having one person, one hour meeting once a month, 10 nights of that month, uh, I felt like it was a big distraction for me because yeah. I wouldn't be able to plan anything around that one hour. And now I would set aside three nights and back to back, I was a lot more efficient with all 10 people. And the people who were being your mentees, I'm sure were much more focused on what they wanted to get out of you when they know they had one hour exactly. versus an entire yeah. evening. I think, cause I can think of times where I would sit down with mentors in previous programs and like, I don't know, gosh, this is a lot of time. Like, I mean, I know X, Y, and Z, but I don't even know what else I'm supposed to be asking of you. Yeah. Well, we had goals and stuff too, Mm -hmm. but it also speaks to how, like when you say, when, you know, it's really easy to say no when you say yes. So when I had these back-to-back meetings, if I had one at 6 p.m., 7 p.m., and 8 p.m., if I was, you know, if it was 6.50 with my six o'clock, I wouldn't, I would be like, you know what? I only have 10 minutes because I have another commitment at seven. Mm-hmm. Whereas beforehand, if it was 6.50 and they still wanted to talk about something, I'd just keep talking and talking until 7.30, <laughs> 7.45, 8 o'clock. I, I wasn't placing boundaries around my time. Yeah. But because I said yes to something else, I was able to uh, easily say no to certain things that came along and I was able to maintain those boundaries. Yeah, that's an excellent, excellent example of boundaries. Yeah. So I try really hard now after learning from that situation, whenever I have meetings, I try to lump them all into uh, like the same time frame. So I don't have like a one hour meeting here and then like four hours later, another one hour meeting. I try mm-hmm. to lump all my meetings and that goes back to your point about asking people to kind of work around your needs as well. Like, mm-hmm. don't be afraid to ask for your own needs. Yeah. Sometimes if they really want to work with you, they'll make it work. Yeah. And sometimes if they don't want to work with you, then it's a great way for you to like indirectly say, no, I'm not your person. That's also an awesome example of efficiency and purpose. Yeah. And if you are doing something without a purpose and you don't have that um, very specific sort of task at hand and like your time laid out just just so you're going to lose time. And like you said, you lost a lot of time, not like having open-ended yeah. sort of sessions and boundaries and just freestyle and willy nilly. Yeah. So, because part of me was be, would be like, well, I don't have anything else after this. I guess I'll stick around and chat with you a few more minutes that turn into another half hour. And, and so, no, I was just, it was a lot easier for me to be able to be, be respectful of my own boundaries when I was be more efficient with my time management. And even if you didn't have something to do, that's completely beside the point. Like if I don't have something to do for an hour or two in my night, I'm like, yay. Yeah. 
I can wash the dishes or I, you know, I'll have something to do, believe me, but I not having something scheduled is super nice. And if you don't have a lot of time in your schedule, that's just kind of open for you to do whatever, take a look and see where you can build some in because it's really nice. Well, a throwback to one of our other episodes, I, I literally put in blocks in oh, my yeah. calendar that says, do not plan or like, leave, you know, do not plan anything. Like, you know, so I, I purposely try to leave nights blank. I love that. By putting a block in there so I don't put anything else in there. Yeah, I've been ever since Mr. Boyfriend and I have been living together and he's been working this schedule that starts really early in the morning and he's done mid-afternoon. I've been really good about timing my days for the most part. Like I try to be done working before he gets home as well. And then when he gets home, we have a little time together. We cook dinner, clean up. And then sometimes I go back to work in the evening because he hits, he goes to bed pretty early. So I'll go back to work after he sleeps because I can't fall asleep before 10 p.m. (laughs) So I'll go back to work and finish up some things if I need to. But it's been really good for me uh, to have that routine Whereas when it was just me at the house, I was like, oh, I have all the day unless I had something else scheduled. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, I have deadlines and like things I have to prioritize getting cakes delivered and cupcakes done on time and stuff. But sometimes when I had all the time in the world, it was a little more difficult for me to really schedule and arrange my time efficiently. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And that's why, you know, when you read about busyness versus productiveness Mm -hmm. they talk a lot about how when you when you have a lot of things to do in a in a specific time period like you said from morning until right before mr boyfriend comes home you tend to be more productive with your time or Mm -hmm. more efficient with your time because you're using it wisely because you have like a deadline but if you don't have mr boyfriend coming home by a certain time you probably just take your time getting your stuff done. <laughs> I totally do. I'm like, oh, I'm going to take a 10 minute. Yeah. So I, I also, at some point during my professional, like nine to five career, I learned this 50, 10 rule of work 50 minutes. Cause I would find myself sometimes oh, sitting for yes. hours and doing emails. So I, I love that I have this Fitbit too. Cause it also reminds me at the top of every hour, if I haven't done enough steps in the oh. hour. So I'll be like, oh shit, I've just been sitting here for the last 50 yeah. minutes and not moving. So I like this whole work for 50 minutes, take a 10 minute break, move around, walk around. Um, similarly setting a timer to the task that you're doing. Even oh. if you don't, maybe you have like things bookended. It's like, okay, I have to do this. It should take me this much time. I'm going to work on it until this time. I like that. I and like that. Just give yourself that mental 30 minutes. I'm starting at five. I'm going to end this at five thirty. Yeah. Wonderful. That's a great hack. It does something to your brain mm-hmm. and you just focus and you sit down and you get it done and you're like at five I'm going to get up. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to grab a water, blah, 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 whatever it is. And then you, you know, if you need to come back to it 15 minutes later, you do. Intention. Yes. It's about your intentions and, and, and being, you know, and sticking to those intentions. So mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. But uh, sometimes I'm bad about, I'll take an Instagram break for 10 minutes and it's like 40. I think we're all like that. Don't oh worry. Oh shit. <laughs> I know. I'm just looking for music for a reel. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's incredible how long, like how quickly time passes and how long it takes to put together a reel because you get really into it. <laughs> like I got really into it. And I'm like, Ooh, what about this? And what That's about very, that? I like that punny. I get really into it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> yes. So uh, along the whole lines of setting a timer on your task, another tip I came across that I have heard before, but probably I have, I have used this incentivizing your actions. So finishing a task, like something you don't really want to do or, something on your to-do list you might have been putting off or being less productive in setting giving yourself a little reward at the end of it like after I finish doing all of the emails in my queue I'm going to spend 15 minutes on Instagram or I'm going to you know go out and do xyz I'm going to go to the grocery store and like reward myself with buying stuff for dinner or I'm going to go get a coffee whatever it is set little rewards for finishing those tasks that you don't love I used to use that tip a lot. Did you? I have not done that in a, in a few years, though. It was a good one. Yeah, it was I a did great it a lot one. in the office. Uh, yeah, I don't do it as much anymore. But I remember when I used to do things like that, mm-hmm. and I it it did make my day go a little bit faster. And it, I I felt like I was always happy too. Like I'd be like, oh, I got this, and like I did this for myself. And, yeah, even you if know. you're sitting in your office, mm-hmm. maybe you're snacking or you have a chocolate bar. It's like, all right, I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna get my email count down to this number. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to have a piece of that chocolate. Mm-hmm. And you stick to your guns, though. You have to be the type yeah, of person that's really disciplined. Committed. Yes. Ha- discipline <laughs> is definitely part of this. And when you get to eat the piece of chocolate, you're going to be happy. 
Oh, yeah. And you're going to be thrilled mm-hmm. that your email account is down or whatever it is. Like, you're going to be super happy you got through three more pages on the report, this spreadsheet, whatever you're working on. You're going to get a piece of chocolate, and then you go back to it a few minutes later. I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> Where does self-care fall in your busy productivity? Self-care. So self-care can be defined in so many different ways, right? Yeah. Like I, I know that mainstream talks about, you know, bubble baths and all yeah, that. Yeah, we're like, it's not yeah. all bubble baths and, and not, mani- manicures. No, not, not really. <laughs> hair, appo- yeah. hair appointments. <laughs> I think for me, self-care has been a little bit different lately because I just want to take care of myself because I have not been taking care of myself. And so uh, self-care for me is taking time out of my day to stretch my muscles Mm -hmm. because I sit at the computer for so long or I'm walking around running around and I and I don't you know I I either don't eat or I'm not eating enough or I'm not drinking enough water I'm not taking a break to take care of myself Mm -hmm. so for me self-care has become like a bare minimum of taking breaks to hydrate taking breaks to eat and actually saying like no I have to eat like today coming in to record I was like before we could record I have to eat oh yeah. and the old Miley would have been like okay I'll just keep working 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 and then I'll eat whenever there is time yeah and then before I knew it it would be 12 hours before I ate something right so I mean it's still today I ate lunch a lot later than I wanted to but I still am proud of myself that I spoke up and was like, I need to eat because the old Miley wouldn't have done that. Oh, yeah. I've so. seen you come into the record with me numbers of times. And I'm like, is that your lunch? Are you going to eat it? <laughs> it's 2.30. It's 4 o'clock. I, I, take, like, I carry my lunch around, but I don't eat it. Yeah, that's silly. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I mean. So uh, self-care for me is honoring myself right now yeah. and actually really making decisions that are based on taking care of myself. I will always... I, I said I should say this. I will never I maybe have felt selfish in the past for taking a meal break, but I remember the last you know, in the last year, year and a half that I worked for the school, it was COVID. So most of our meetings went to Zoom. I just they would they would still book meetings through the lunch hour, which always pissed me off. But because I'm like, really, this is like the one time where all the staff goes away and no yeah. one's asking me to do things, and now yeah. I have to sit here and have yep. my brain turned on with you yeah. people. I don't want to look at you. So, anyways, I would turn off my camera and I would just mute and I would eat my lunch and I would just I would pop on in the beginning. I'd be like, hey, everybody, like I'm here, but I'm going to be eating my lunch, so my camera's going to be off because you don't need to watch me eat. Yeah. People pay for that. <laughs> yeah. No free shows. <laughs> it's just gross. I'm like, I don't want to watch you eat. You don't need to watch me. I'll be here listening. I'll pop on my mic when it's my turn or when you need me. I'm here. Yeah. So like, I will never feel selfish for taking a lunch break. I love that you say that because maybe that's exactly what I've been trying to say is uh, self-care to me is not feeling selfish for taking care of yourself, for yeah. wanting to... For going to the bathroom, for First drinking of all, these, water, for eating. Yeah, these basic are the, necessities <laughs> of living life. These are the bare minimum. It's exactly. um, halt, hungry, angry, lonely, yeah. tired. Uh, like, yes. If you are those things, halt, hungry, halt. angry, lonely, yeah. tired. Like take a minute. Yeah. Do what you need to do. Take a whole day. Do do you like self care? Will engaging in some self care will throw you off of yeah. that constantly being busy cycle because you need to reassess, look at your things, look at the things on your calendar, personal or professional wise, and decide, do these align with my yeah. mission? Are these getting me somewhere I need to be? Or am I just saying yes to things and throwing shit in my schedule to avoid other things? And I think another thing, exactly what you're saying is, and I'm developing this muscle. I think it really is a muscle to exercise that you have to keep exercising is how to say no in the name of self-care. Mm-hmm. So before yeah. I say yes to something, I'll take a look at my calendar. And if I have more than three nights in a row that I don't have like one night to myself, I, I literally have to say, you know what? I'm so sorry. I, I have to keep my own boundaries. Mm-hmm. And if there's more than three nights in a row, I will not schedule anything on that fourth night because that must be my self-care night or like where nothing is planned. And sometimes there must be things that people ask you to do where you don't even need to look at your calendar and you're just like, no. no. But it, it you know, <laughs> it, it's easier and easier for me to do that. Yeah. But in the beginning when I started to have to practice saying no to people, if the, you know, that's why I started putting in those blocks in my calendar. Your calendar because, was your cover? Yeah. It was like, I'm like, I'm sorry, there's a block there. I can't, I can't add you there. Uh, but now it's getting easier to say, you know what? No, I'm so sorry. I can't, like, I'm just really busy. And yeah. I've had a couple of friends in the last couple of weeks. They're like, like, hey, Miley, haven't seen you in a while. Let's hang out. And I'm like, you know what? I'm really sorry. Like, I'm just really busy right now uh, because I just can't book every night of my life. Right. And I'm like, 
I'll, I'll touch base with you in a couple of weeks and yeah. we'll see. <laughs> and I don't feel bad about it. I used to feel bad about it. Yeah. I don't feel bad about it anymore. Yeah, I if I find that something nags me afterwards, then I, I look at why. And sometimes I'm like, oh, because I really miss that person. So I should just reach out and I want to hang out with them. I just didn't want to do the thing they were inviting me to. Or, you know, sometimes I'm just feeling super introverted and I just want to be on my own. I yeah. just don't want to expend the energy outside of my house, outside of my walls that day. And there's nothing to feel bad for about that. And the more I spend time with myself, mm-hmm. the more I, it reaffirms that I need that alone time to re-energize and, and rejuvenate. Do, and so it makes it like easier to. Do you like yourself more? The I, more time you spend with yourself? I mean, I assume I do. I mean, I like myself. Okay. I mean, I, I feel like I know myself. Like the more time I spend with myself, mm-hmm. the more I feel comfortable in my own skin. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I mean, uh, I'm always looking for ways to love myself more. And like I think myself. that's just a good Enjoy. question. I, I wanted to throw it out to you and I wanted yeah. to throw it out to anyone listening. Yeah. Like the more time you spend with yourself, do you like yourself more? Like, you know, I just think that's a good question. Cause it's Actually, like, you're right. Well, you know, in the last year, because I've, been more intentional about spending time with myself I've built a little bit more confidence in like I'm a real cool person yeah like and I've been saying that I've been able to say that a lot more frequently than I used to and I feel like hey the more I get to know myself the more I realize I'm a real cool person I'm well-rounded I yeah. have things to offer I, I, I actually, am yeah. pretty great yeah I've been saying that and, and I feel like my self-talk is getting better that's awesome good How I think you answer that question Oh, I do. I love hanging out with me. I'm my favorite yeah. person. <laughs> you know, and that's actually like, I, I enjoy, I really enjoy spending time by myself. Yeah, I do too. Some people really, really don't. And if you don't, I encourage you to look into that sure, a little yeah. bit more and find out why. Like a lot of times there's just uncomfortable thoughts that we're trying to avoid. It's just something, you know, that we're, you're avoiding something. And I encourage people to yeah. look into what it that's is that you're yeah. distracting yourself with. That's part of this whole stuck in a busy cycle. Like what are you distracting yourself from? And just sit in that uncomfortableness and work through it and get comfortable with you because honestly, you should be your best friend. Yeah, that's true. I love that. And I mean, I think back to all of the time where I uh, spent by myself hiking and I really enjoy that time because I got to know myself. I would pay attention to the kind of things that thoughts that were going on in my head. Mm-hmm. And and maybe that's why I started getting to know myself a lot better. And I was like, I, I realized I'm a real cool person. Yeah. And sitting with all those thoughts kind of gives you, if you find something uncomfortable, it gives you something that you, that should be a sign to you that you have something to work on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, ooh, I need to dive into this more. I wonder yeah. Who else has experienced X, Y, Z or feels this way? And I'd always be curious, like, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel uncomfortable? Why does this make me feel uneasy? Why am I angry about this? Why am I upset? You know, like just all these things. And I would start asking myself why. And that's how I got to know myself a little bit better. And I still, every it helps me. uh, It's a lot easier now to recognize when I uh, enter certain states of mind or thoughts Mm -hmm. and I can stop myself and and then take a step back and, and really assess the situation and say like, there's a reason why Mm -hmm. you're reacting this way. You're acting this way. You're thinking this way. You uh, feel like, you know, today, this morning, I I had this jerky reaction to somebody who acted a certain way towards me. And then I was like, I gotta step back. Like what? Whoa. Like, you know, like, and I, it was immediate instead of like just lingering later. I was like, I realize this, like, I recognize this feeling like what's going on. Isn't that wonderful? The more time you spend working on those habits, Mm -hmm. because they're not instinctual to a lot of us. But the more time you spend working on those habits, the faster the reflex becomes. Like you yeah. notice it right away. And they're, you know, you keep doing, you keep practicing the things and understanding yourself better and better and knowing the things that might, quote, trigger you. I know trigger, yeah. trigger is a trigger word these days. But <laughs> like knowing the things that might fire you up or instigate you or push you over an edge or cause you to snap back at somebody, it's, you become better at knowing when they're going to happen before they even happen. So just keep working that muscle. It's like learning a language. It is. If you don't speak it, you will never become fluent and you need to become fluent in the thoughts in your head. And we all have traumas and we all have things that have informed where we are today and being really cognizant of why they certain things set you off and what it is that you feel insecure about in yourself, whether it's 
people look at me as weak or people think I'm dumb or I'm afraid of disappointing people. Um, I have a fear of losing money. You know, there's all these things that you can look into as character defect wise. And it's like the better you understand yours, the more you can sort of live a more balanced approach to not everything doesn't have to be a struggle. I totally love everything that you just said. Thank you. Because again, the more you know, the better you do is one of my big mantras. Oh yeah. And so why not be constantly curious about who you are, how you are in situations, what you react with or by, or, you know, it's, it's just, for me, it's really fascinating, uh, yeah. but it helps me better understand myself, especially when, you know, if we're going to go back to busyness versus productivity, mm-hmm. it helps me better filter through the things that actually matter to me and things that probably shouldn't matter to me mm-hmm. or things that are important, but not urgent. Like when I think about busyness and productivity, uh, I also think that a lot of things might be important to me because I care about it. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's urgent and things that are urgent doesn't necessarily mean it's important to me. True. So, but the more I know about myself and the more, the more I understand of uh, like the things that are important to me, the better I can distinguish things that I need to get done or don't need to get done at all or at a different time. Right. I like that. And making sure you're back to your goals, Mm -hmm. define your end goal, work backwards on the steps to get there, check them off your list one by one. You don't have to do them all on one day and staying focused on the little things and maybe awarding yourself with a little treat once you accomplish each little baby step is a great way to get through your goals. And yeah, I like that staying organized and productive and staying true to the things that align you and prioritizing urgent versus... Yeah. Just shit that has to get done at some point. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, there's a, there's this, this uh, thing that I came across when we were looking into the whole busyness versus productivity. And there's this thing called the Eisenhower decision matrix. Mm. And it's a two by two. There's a uh, four quadrants and in each quadrant, it represents a type of an insert, whatever task it is. And so quadrant one contains things that are both urgent and important. Um, quadrant two uh, contains urgent things, but they're like important tasks, not necessarily bigger goals and dreams. That's that belongs in quadrant one. Yeah. And then quadrant three are things that are urgent, but not important. Mm-hmm. And then quadrant four are things that are neither urgent or important. So in my head, I'm thinking as I think back to all the tasks. Which bucket do these yeah, things fit in? Which bucket do they go in? And the, the recommendation when you read into this Eisenhower decision matrix is you're always uh, looking to work in the quadrant uh, number two where things are urgent, but they're, nece- they're important tasks, mm-hmm. and, but they all contribute to number one or the quadrant one. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you're constantly hustling, hustling, hustling. You're able to distinguish between the things that need to get done mm-hmm. by prioritizing. So you just mentioned the word priorities mm-hmm. and knowing like, is this a priority because it's urgent and time sensitive or is it urgent or is it, uh, is it urgent because it's like really important to you and the end goal? And right. then how do you balance your time with all of the priorities that you do have? And if, and if you need help with this, I strongly encourage people to hire a business coach. Ah. If this is like in your personal life or even in professional life, you can hire a personal coach that can help you manage your days, help you manage your professional goals. Uh, I mean, I can't uh, really talk more highly of the hiring a coach. I mean, you hire a fitness coach, you hire a health coach. We hire coaches for things all the time. You pay big dollars to go to university and these teachers are your coaches. <laughs> like work with a business coach. I think the money you invest there will tenfold down, not far down the road as long as you are willing to, you know, put things into place and obviously go to people who are experts and have results. <laughs> and I think about how time is our in uh, time. People who people who are productive pay for time. Right? Like and that's the thing, right? Like you can't get time back. Mm-hmm. So if you can be more efficient, that means you get more of your time to do other things that you want to get done or maybe it's more time for you to sit around and not do anything, which is you resting your body, you resting your mind so that you can re-energize. I did a whole, uh, well, I didn't do the whole thing because I was with the animals, but I had a Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi. I forget if that, I'm probably messing up his name. But anyways, there was a whole course last week for entrepreneurs and people who want to offer online courses, basically. And that's not, 
I don't think where I really want to go. But one of the quotes I wrote down from there was that smart people pay for speed. Ah. And getting a coach will get you to where you want to be faster, faster. Like that's just what I thought of when I heard this quote, I was like, Oh, paying for a coach will get you where you want to be faster versus trying to figure it all out on your own. When, I mean, that's like what we're doing here. It's like hundreds of people have done the things that we're doing, but maybe they took the time to just figure it out all by themselves, all of the things all by themselves, all of the minutes, all of the hours, days, weeks, months, years. Whereas you can dial in and listen to people who've done the things you're doing and get there faster. I totally agree. Pay, I like that. Pay for speed. Smart people pay for speed. I like it. Be a smart person. <laughs> start, Be a productive person paying who us. works smarter. <laughs> Be a productive person who works smarter. Smarter and harder. And you're good. Yeah. I love it. I don't think I have anything else to say besides, you know, I'm just rehash. Be aware when you're stuck in a busy cycle and reasons why you might be keeping yourself too busy and try to work backwards from those things. I think the only thing that is left on my list is it stands out to me because it's something I'm personally working on and that is being assertive and practicing Mm. being assertive. And that just goes back to us talking about like, you, ha- you, you can't be assertive if you don't know what your boundaries or your goals are. Yeah. And when you do know and you've defined where your boundaries are, what your goals are and where you want to go, that's when you can be assertive because you know where you're going and then you can be more assertive about making decisions on what to do or what not to do, when to do what, you know, what, and, and be a little bit more um, intentional with mm-hmm. your time and your energy. And being assertive with others is is obvious in what you say but also being assertive with yourself oh yeah write yourself little messages put them on the mirror in the morning and say I'm gonna read this book that I've been wanting to read for 15 minutes tonight and I'm I'm don't forget to read your book set a reminder in your watch your phone your calendar whatever you got to do read my book for 15 minutes or write in my journal for 10 minutes or whatever it might be like whether it's self-care or getting something done on your to-do list to help yourself and be as be assertive with how you talk to yourself about your time not just other people's exactly i love it yeah me too i hope our listeners really enjoyed this episode i really super enjoyed this episode yeah busy versus productive fires me up so <laughs> and then like the whole mental health thing and yeah yeah working on that which you know that's a big big thing for me i like it till next time until next time See you next week, friends. Love you. Love you too.